Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Anybody love the Bible? Y'all always say that. Uh, Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, if you, if, you, if you believe the Bible. I was talking to somebody this morning. Um, they were talking about what verses are going to be using, and I said, we're not going to use the Bible anymore. We're doing away with that whole Bible thing. And, and they said, you wouldn't believe it, Pastor. We visited around like three of the churches before we came here, and they did that. And, uh, and, and he literally said one of them never opened the Bible the whole entire service. So, uh, man, we got to have the Word of God. It is the only thing that will keep us. I love everything else, but we've got to have the Word of God. It is the thing that brings life and interest. So, so it's just good. Romans chapter 6. I'm going to be reading a little more uh, than typically on my opening uh, time, but um, I, I just think it's needed. I, as I was kind of digging and going in, I, I kept going back and almost back and almost back, and I almost had like three chapters I was going to read uh, before it just opened because it's just, it's just that good. It all kind of goes together. So uh, I hope this today, we're going to kind of jump in something, but uh, I hope you, hope you connect with what God wants to do in your life. So uh, Romans chapter 6, we're going to start at verse 1, and uh, this previous to this, uh, this Bible is, is talking about the grace of God and the love of God and, and what it does in our hearts and lives and, and what it should do in us, uh, what it does in us, we'll say it this way, what it does in us naturally and uh, spiritually, but, it, but what literally, without even an option, spiritually, the Word of God will do things in us. But naturally, we've got to connect with that. And we've got to ask for more and believe it and actually walk out some stuff. I think you'll see today kind of what I'm talking about. Some of you looking at me strange. Uh, you'll see. Romans chapter 6, verse 1, it says this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? They sort of connecting with the grace of God. It's pretty cool when you finally start realizing how big God's grace is. And, uh, and it, I've seen this. I've typically seen that it'll have t- uh, one of two reactions in people. When someone understands what the grace of God is, uh, they'll do this. They'll literally either go towards the tendency to try to use it and play it and make it work for them. Mike was the only one who showed me any love there. That's okay. I was backing him up. So he's helping me out. Uh, it will have, it have, again, one of two tendencies. You'll, you'll either go towards uh, in every way that you can to just try to use that and, uh, and live however, do whatever, and say, oh, I'm thankful for God's grace. Or it will do this. It will drive you to his knees. It will put you in a place of worship. It will put you in a place of thanksgiving. It will drive you into a place of holiness and walking out the love of God and truly being thankful for the grace that he has. And so you see, and even back then in in the biblical times, this was written, they were wanting to play both sides. And he says this, shall we we say this then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Verse 2 says, certainly not. How shall we also, uh, how, how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. Powerful thing to think about the newness of life that comes and then how we walk that out and uh, how we actually live this thing out. Verse 5 says, For have we been united together in the likeness of his death? Certainly not. We all shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, 
that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Amen. That is so much fun. So like, man, I, some of you kind of get a little tense and think you've got to try to live better or do better or be better. No, he's, he's letting you know that because of his love, he made you better. And because of his grace, you can walk this thing out and live this life. It literally means done away with, literally means rendered inoperative. Powerful, powerful. He says this, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Remember I told you he's living? Backs it up. He's alive. He dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. Hear that? Likewise, you also reckon. Paul is from southern Tarsus. Y'all reckon. Um, We'll talk about that in a minute. Reckon yourselves in the dead indeed. I got myself tickled. But alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Come on, I want you to say that with me. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Ain't that good news this morning? Come on, man. Go ahead and thank him for his word before we even do anything else. Wow. Let's pray. Let's just talk to him one more time. God, thank you so much for your word, God. Thank you for the love that's in this room. Thank you for the freedom that's in this place. God, thank you, Lord, for going ahead and just paying the full payment of our sin. And, and, and I just thank you today, God, that there'll be people in this room today grab hold of truth and grab hold of your word. And as a result, they're going to be free this morning, totally free this morning. Lord, I thank you for the chains that have been broken off, those that are going to fall off today. Lord, we hear them we hear him falling in the spirit right now, God, and we thank you for it. Give you honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just fist bump your neighbor to your left. Say, God wants you free. Tell him that. Go ahead and just, just preach to him for a minute. Say, God wants you free. God wants you free. That is his plan for your life. That is his plan for your life. Now high five your neighbor on the right. If you have to stretch out a little bit, go ahead and just let them know. Say, God loves you. I hope y'all have fun in church. This morning, we're going to continue a series called Legacy. Anybody excited to get back in Legacy? We took, again, a couple of weeks uh, to, to focus and minister to some first responders of our city. Again, thank you for that. Last week, again, Pastor Appreciation. But today, we're going to jump back into a series called Legacy. And uh, 
I want to talk to you today, uh, just some things that God's put heavy in my heart. We're going to revisit some areas uh, this morning that I told you early in the series that we would revisit and go into a little bit deeper. But we've been talking um, during this time uh, and using kind of something as a, as a symbolic reference throughout this, this uh, series. And um, the, the chain has served uh, different purposes and different reasons. Uh, it's, it's been symbolic of several different things. Uh, we've used it and talked about it, understanding that uh, this chain that we have is um, in a lot of ways representative of our life and the legacy that we're living for him. And uh, we know this, that we're, we're literally a link somewhere on the chain in our family. And there are things that have uh, come before us today and, and have, have literally came into our life and, and make us today who we are. Uh, we're somewhere right in the middle of this thing. And when we leave, we're going to leave a legacy behind us. Uh, so we're going to leave links on the chain. Whether you have physical children, biological children, uh, that doesn't even have to be the case because you're a part of this church and a part of this family. This church is leaving a legacy and doing things for the kingdom. And so you're a part of that. And so every decision and choice that you make will affect things in the future. We see that today. We're going to deal with things today because of some of you, what was in the chain previous to your existence, what was there before you got here affected you, and it literally made up today who you are and the makeup in your life. But we have to make the decision to understand that we can do this. We can be free regardless of what came before us. We have that option. We have that choice. We can be free of anything that came before us. And so we deal with stuff and we talk about things. And, and in this church, we're real. And, I, and I'm, I'm just, again, I'm loving that. I'm just so thankful for what God's doing in this place and that we can come and recognize that, that uh, we actually have some things in our life sometimes that we need to deal with. And, and I see this. I see good, godly people who love Jesus, who are full of the Spirit, still bound by things. I mean, you just see it. I, you see people who are, who, are, who are literally, they're in their word, they're praying, they're giving, and they're serving. They're doing things that God's called them to do, but you still see bondages and strongholds and things in their life, and that is not God's plan for you. It's just not. It's not God's plan for you. It's not God's plan for you to have uh, the strongholds upon your life. And so today we're going to do this. The chain's going to kind of represent some things in us today, and we're going to see it in just a little bit of a different light. That today it's going to represent some of the strongholds. It's going to represent some of the curses, maybe some of the bondages and things that we carry, and some of the things that come to us. And here's the truth. Some of you are literally enslaved to that. It has you bound, and it's stopping you and hindering. I feel like John Cena this morning. What is that? What is that? Don't Google that right now while I'm preaching. Do not start Googling. If you don't know who that is, don't Google that. That's the chain gang right now. But just, I mean, you just, uh, it's, it's, but literally, we're going to see God do this today in people's life. We're going to see him break chains, and we're going to see him set people free. And uh, today, if you want that, it's available to you today. So we're going to deal with it. And again, this ain't fake church. This is real church, and uh, this is live church, and this is truth, and, and uh, we're going to see that in Scripture we can be truthful and be honest, and we can deal with it. Because here's the truth. If you can't deal with it, uh, and, and if you don't literally come to a place to where you get real with it, you never deal with it, okay? So, so you have to come to a place where you just get real with it. So I want you to do this. Regardless today of how religious and spiritual you are, be honest today about the stronghold in your life, and God will set you free from it. 
I believe that. I prophesy that to you right now. So the uh, Word of God says this. Titus 2, verse 14, it says this. It says, Who gave himself for us, it's talking about Jesus, that, we might, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. You hear this? He literally, uh, today, he gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed. Uh, that New King James says lawless deed. The NIV says, uh, the, uses the word wickedness, if you have that translation. Uh, KJV, King James Version, says iniquities, if you have that translation. And I, and I, I think that's pretty cool as well. But everywhere means the same, and it means that, um, it, literally, the iniquity means that we have a certain bend or a twist Toward certain things. All right? We, we have this certain bend or, or certain twist towards certain things. And I, I, I believe what's happened a long time in the body of Christ, and while there hasn't been more freedom in God's house, and, and, and there hasn't been more people set free because they're not honest and truthful about their bend. I mean, literally, this bent or twisted life, this thing that we have a tendency to gravitate towards, we do this when we come to church. (laughs) Some of y'all been in that church, and y'all seen that person, that look on their face, and it ain't, ain't, you think they're just grumpy, you think they're just bad. No, no, they're trying to straighten themselves out. That's better than y'all acting. Uh, it's, it's, it's literally, they, they're, they're bent and twisted just like you're bent and twisted. But they come in, they try to just for a moment, for a few minutes, come on, Pastor, don't preach too long because this is getting, getting, t- getting tough. And they sit there and they're straining and they sit there and they cross their legs and they have that look on their face and, 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 and they start kind of shaking. It ain't the Holy Ghost. They're just getting about ready to pop. And then they, they finally, they get, out, they get out of church and this thing, and they, they've been in this position. They've been sitting there holding it. And all of a sudden, they get back out of church. Real you comes back out. Parents, some of your kids are wondering, why don't you act the same way at home you act in church? Where's that person that I saw with hands raised and lifted and worshiping to God and, and dancing before him? Where's that, where's that person at? And then, so they do this. They see these things in us, and they see the bent, screwed up, twisted person we are at home, and then they see something fake on Sunday morning that we try to walk out and try to stiffen up and make happen on our own, and they, no, there's no wonder, no reason why they gravitate toward the world. We have to show them some things today. We have to show them, first of all, that we are bent twisted. But God came to set us free. And he came to, he literally gave his life. And so, and it's not something you have to teach someone. We dealt with this when we discussed this and talked about this when, when it comes to parenting. You never have to teach your kids how to be rough. You know what I'm saying? They, just, they naturally have a tendency to gravitate towards sin uh, and gravitate toward frustration, be in the nursery, preschool. You know, one little kid gets their little block and their toy, and they're coming off the top of the crib and wanting to elbow. And, I mean, you just, it just comes out because literally what happens is this. We come out of mama bent. We're born that way, and it's why God says this, that we have to be born again. 
Because when we're born again, we come into this realization of the love of Jesus and what he has set us free from and what he can do in our life and understand that he makes us free in him. And some of you have done this. Some of you in your chain, man, there's been sins in your family that have been passed down to you. There have been things that have been brought down in your life. And it's crazy. We've seen this. And some people are doing things now and posting stuff on Facebook and getting literally visual and going public about things that they would never share in previous generations. And some of y'all believe this. Some of you really believe that it just now is happening. Now, some of you are dealing with granddaddy's devil and, and, and daddy's devil and, and grandmama had this situation or this struggle or this stronghold. They just didn't tell anybody. And it's why they did this. It's why it has been passed down to another generation. This is what takes place. If it's not dealt with, it usually will gain momentum as it goes along. And you'll see one generation do in moderation something that the next generation does in excess. Oh, come on. That's good. And you see that. And so it's why somebody has to do this. Somebody has to stand up and say the curse is broken. Come on, this thing stops today. It's not being passed down any longer. I refuse to have this thing go down. One more generation step down, one more bloodline in my life. I refuse to see that. I refuse to have that. Somebody has to stand up and do that and say, I'm going to be free. Because you understand this today, that Jesus set you free. That's his plan today for your life. So I'm going to give you a few things, uh, three things. Uh, if you take notes, um, uh, write this down. Uh, three things today when it comes to breaking the curse, breaking the stronghold. And number one is this recognize the curse. Number one, recognize the curse. We'll give you three R's underneath this thing, just kind of help you make the connection, understand it. But recognize the curse. You have to do this. You have to realize it and understand that there is something going on in your situation. Just recognize it. It's the first thing you have to do. Just realize that something is happening and something's going on. And, and it's amazing to me, uh, the people that will do this, they will, they'll, they'll just be quiet about it and, and just kind of put it underneath the rug and hope it goes away. It ain't going away. It's not just going to go away. You have to recognize it. And you can see this in, in people's lives. It's interesting. You'll have two twins who has the same mama, same daddy, same DNA, and they come into this world, and you see one go a certain direction. You see one go another direction. And it's amazing to me to think about the fact that literally you start wondering, don't they have the same family? Don't they have the same thing? But you'll see that certain people have certain bends towards certain things. They're literally, they have certain twists towards certain directions. So you say this, if that's you, if you're the one who has a certain bend in a certain direction, recognize that. Now listen, don't beat yourself up because you have that bend. Don't do that. Don't Realize today it could have been something that was passed down to you. It was something that came down. Realize that this thing may have come into your life and realize and recognize and say this, that today I see this thing for what it is and I see it as sin. We'll do this. We'll use the word generational curse, but we won't use the word generational sin. We need to call it sin. We need to call it whatever it is, deal with it, get face-to-face with it, get real with it, call it what it is, and realize something's going on in our life. And if we have this, the second R is this, is that we repent of it. If we do this, if we realize we have this thing going on in our life, we repent of it. We repent. We say this. We submit that area to God. We let him come in and just don't ever say again, well, that's no big deal. No, be honest. It's a big deal. Realize it, repent of it, submit it, and then give this thing over to God. And the third thing is this, you have to release it. Yep. 
You have to release it. First two were easy. Y'all thought they were hard. Man, this was, it gets better. Literally, you realize it. You repent of it. I can do that. I can say that. But then you have to do this. You release that thing to God. You release it to him. You, you surrender that area to him. You, you release whatever it is. And you also do this. You release the people who may be responsible for putting that in your life. That's going to help somebody out there. Release the people who are, who are responsible for putting that thing in your life. For whatever they brought down to you, whatever it was that may have came your way, whatever came into your life, you say this. You say, I'm going to release them of that, and it's the word forgiveness. We forgive them of it. We forgive them of that debt. We forgive them of what they've done. And here's the truth, because, again, we, we don't know and understand fully what was passed on down to them. So we, we blame Mama Dale. We get ticked off at Grandma. Or we upset about this situation, but we don't know what was poured into their life. They might be doing better than the previous generation. So give them some slack, man. Help them out a little bit and do this. Release them of that thing and then do this. Just surrender it fully to God and forgiveness because here's the truth. If you don't release it, it will continually just raise its head back up in your life. It'll be an ongoing cycle. You'll see it. You may get victory for it for a little while when you strengthen yourself and straighten yourself out for just a moment. But if you don't give it to God and let him set you free from it, you'll see this. The pop go back in. And the bend come back into your life, and that twisted situation come right back up and raise its head up again. And some of you are wondering, why am I treating my spouse this way? Because she might have seen daddy do something. Deal with it. Say, not, not in my household any longer. I, 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 we're making a decision. We're going we're to do this the right way. I'm going to love the right way. Some of you are struggling, and you're dealing with racism, and there's things in your heart and your life that you need to surrender to God. Well, this is how I was raised. Well, you was raised wrong just true. You was raised wrong. And again, they may have loved you and they, they may have didn't know. But again, they may have seen something before them, but we come into a place when God sets us free and loves us, forgives us, we show that love to others. And listen, you surrender those areas of life and you recognize what it is. First of all, recognize the curse and God will do this. He'll help you make the right decision and do the second thing. Choose the blessing. Choose the blessing. Number two, choose the blessing. Those same twins, those same little... Uh, Fetuses that pop and split and went out and come into this world. A lot of times you see this. Is that fetuses? Is, this? is that right? Is that right? Some of y'all question my, my, some of y'all question my science. I heard that right there. Fetuses. Whatever it was, it split. It, that little thing split. Two babies. And then you got two babies and they come out and then you'll see this. They're faced with this decision and you'll see this. You'll see one of them choose the right path. Choose the right path. Same DNA, same mama, same daddy, same thing, transfer, brought into them. But then they have to make the decision. And this is what every person in this room has to do. You have to choose the blessing of God in your life. You have to say, regardless of whatever kind of junk got passed down to my chain, I'm going to choose life. I'm going to choose blessing. I'm going to choose the right thing. I'm going to go this direction. He tells us in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, he says this. He says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death. Before you right now, every person in this room has a decision. He's placed it before you. He says life and death, blessing and cursing. He says, therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Come on here, this is legacy. This is, this is more than just affecting you. It's dealing with more than just right now, the decision and choices that you're making. It's affecting your children and your children's children. And so you make the decision. And I love the Bible. It's like a Bible's like an open book test. 
Seriously, I mean, it's an open book test. He gives you the answer. Have you ever seen this, thought about this verse? He says, I'm going to set before you blessing and cursing. And then he says this, choose life. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Student, y'all know what I'm talking about in school when, you, when you're kind of sitting there and you're kind of like trying to look over on a neighbor's paper and you get called. Or, some of y'all did this and I never did this. Give me liberties right now as a pastor right now. Just give me for, it's the anointing right now. It's anointing. In, in Christ, I've never done any of these things. Those, my sins are passed away. Are you crossed your legs? Don't you try that. That's sin. That's sin. I gave you all my secrets. That's sin. That's of the devil. Don't do it. Don't cheat. Don't write the answers on the bottom of your shoe and then get in class and just try to, try. that's wrong. That's wrong. But listen to me. He gives you the answer. Is that not awesome? He t- I mean, it's like, I mean, some of us, we do this. We're going through this life, and we're, and we're just so frustrated, and we're struggling. And we're, man, what should I do? And he's saying this, I've set before you life and death. I've set before you blessing and cursing. Choose life. Choose life. Choose life. You know what he's wanting you to do? Choose life. You make the choice, you make the decision, and you say this, I'm going to choose, I'm going to make this decision, I'm going to choose, and I love this, parent, do this, be like Joshua, say, for me and my house, we're serving the Lord. Make the decision, you make the choice for them if they're underneath your roof, you let them know, me and my house, we're serving the Lord. That's what we do in this place. My kids have never had to wonder on on Sunday morning if we're going to get up and go to church. So y'all, y'all are pastor, you kind of got to be here kind of thing, you know? I mean, it's one of them, but before ministry, listen, they've never had to wonder. They don't have to get up and say, are we going today? And I didn't have to do that in my house, and I'm thankful. If the doors was open, it was there. I made the cho- my dad made the choice. Me and my house were serving the Lord. And it's just fun because I see this, and my kids, I, I tell them uh, often, uh, you know, this is what we're doing. And I have one, and I'm not going to say who it is, but I have one of them I have to talk to more and spend more quality time with, loving and embracing. And as I love and embrace this child, I'm not going to say he or she, but as I love and embrace this child, I say things like, that's not how we roll. That's not... That's not how we roll. Uh, in, in this house, what's the last name? Rogers. That's right. As a Rogers, this is the direction we, we do because me and my house are serving the Lord. Now, I can't control this. I can't control what happens when they get out of my house. But in my house, we're serving the Lord. And, and I love it. We saw this. I, I, was, I had picked Caleb up the other day, and uh, we were driving down the road. And Miss Kitty, uh, one of the awesome you know, young ladies in our church, wasn't feeling well. So I called, picked up the phone, and called her. And I, ha- I had it on speakerphone. And as I had the little speakerphone, I had picked up Caleb, my nine-year-old, nine-year-old. And he was sitting right beside me. And as I was talking to Miss Kitty, I said, how you doing? And I was checking on you. And she started saying, Pastor, she said, I've you know, been dealing with this. And it was just amazing. I loved it. It was just like Caleb's eyes lit up. And he stopped what he was doing. And she was talking. And she heard this. And he says, we got to pray. We gotta pray right now. And I saw him do this. I, I was watching his eyes lit up and he went in prayer mode. And he just began to pray. And he was praying for Miss Kitty. She heard it. We had a little moment. It was just so cool. And then we got off the phone and I said, dude, I said, that was awesome. You're praying for Miss Kitty like that. And he looked at me, you know what he said? That's how we roll. <laughs> That's how we roll. Nine years old. 
That's it. So we just gonna keep rolling that way. So parents will say, well, they ain't want to roll with me. You push them a little harder, pull them, you roll in the right direction, and they'll, they'll roll with you. So just make the choice, make the decision, recognize the curse, choose the blessing of God in your life. And this is what he does. When you choose the blessing, he blesses. You don't have to wonder about that. You don't say, well, if I, I'm going to make this choice and decision, and I wonder if he's really going to do it or not. What did he say? He'll do it in your life. He'll set you free from any stronghold, any bondage, regardless of what it is. You have to have the faith to believe. Regardless of what may be going on, nothing's impossible. Nothing's impossible with him. You have to make the choice to believe and walk this thing out. So number three is this. Recognize the curse, choose the blessing, and number three is you do this. You walk in the blessing. Walk in the blessing. You, you make the choice. You walk this out. Satan's not going to leave you alone because you made the right decision. So I, I, just, I think that's somehow we've missed that in church. And, and they do this. Well, I, I've, I've made the choice. I've made the decision. And it's like, man, Satan's like, oh, man, I lost one. And he's just going to leave you alone. He messed with Jesus. Don't think he's not going to mess with you. And so you make the choice and decision to do this. You walk out the blessing of God in your life. You walk out in the natural what God's done for you in the spiritual. That's what we do. We make the choice to walk in the natural, walk in the blessing. He even tells us again. He shows us in Romans 6 in our text today. Verse 11 said this. It says, Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 12 says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. You hear that? Your spiritual body then got saved if you come to Jesus. That's just cool. That is just, I love that. He seats you in heavenly places. He, he, we're three parts for spirit, soul, body, and he does this. When your spirit gets saved, it comes to him. He sets you up, but you have to do this in your mortal body. You make the decision, and he tells us, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Don't let it. Quit letting that mess come into your situation and control you. Quit letting that stuff come in. And he says this, don't let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey in its lust. He's even telling us what's going to happen. And he says, verse 13, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. It's not members of a church. That's members of your body. That's who you are. So you don't do this. You don't present your members as instruments. You don't give them the opportunity to own you like that. You, you quit surrendering. And I, I'm telling you, that somebody needs to write that down, highlight it, and, and put asterisks beside it. Quit giving it over to the enemy. You're wondering why you're failing because you gave him opportunity. You're wondering why you can't get free from something. It's because you haven't done this. You're presenting. Quit giving him this mess. Quit giving him the tools and the instruments and the equipment and everything that he needs to mess up your life. He's telling us right here. He says, don't present this to him. And he says it here in verse 14. He says, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law but under grace. Refuse to be the victim. Refuse to stay in the situation that you're in. Well, man, I, this stuff has been tough. And, and I, I know, again, I've been trying to be sensitive during this series. I know, again, I recognize what the chain passed to us. I recognize that. But at some place, you've got to say, I'm not going to use it as an excuse any longer. I refuse. I refuse to use this as an excuse. Well, there's been a curse on my family since they won't break it. 
My family has this, and so that means I'm going to have to have this, and this thing's been passed down. Refuse to have that. Break it off. Break the stronghold. Come against it. Understand what Jesus has done for you. Well, you don't know, man. Now my family has a history of this. and Mike, you don't even know, bro, what you were saying earlier. I mean, well, my family has a history of this. He wasn't concerned. Jesus wasn't concerned about the woman of the well's history. He was concerned about her destiny. He was concerned about where he was going to take her to. He was worried about what he was going to bring her into when she experienced the life-giving power of the gospel in Jesus. So he done this. you got to come to a place where you refuse to be this victim any longer. Because each of us have done this. This is the truth today. Each of us today were brought into the slave market. We were all brought into the slave market. Each of us were brought into this place and we were placed on display. In, in, in the New Testament time and in history, you see this. They literally, they would bring the slaves into the marketplace and this is what would happen. They would walk around and the person who was there to purchase the slave would walk through the slave market, begin to look up and down the slaves that are on display and begin to pick and choose who they wanted. Kind of reminds me of a scripture. That was like a roar lion seeking who he may devour. He literally is walking and, and walking around and looking. And so they would walk into the slave market and they would look up and down this person. They would do this. They would even beat on them to test their strength. They would, they would literally, they would, they would open up their mouths. Imagine the, how degrading this would be to a slave. They would open up their mouths, look into their mouths, see if they were healthy. They would beat them and see how much resistance they could do. They would watch this happen. And then you would see, literally, once they made the decision of who they wanted, they went back and then the auction would begin. And the auctioneer would sell to the highest bidder. And they would make a purchase of the slave that day. And there's some of us have done this. Greed's. Been your highest bidder. Lust, been your highest bidder. Addiction has been the highest bidder. It, whichever one purchased and paid for and brought, and brought you in that place and put you in bondage, it was jealousy or it was addiction, it, whatever it would be. And this is what the enemy will do. He'll put you back on the auction block over and over and over and over and sell you and sell you over and over and sell you over and over again. And you're wondering, man, why is it that I get freed from this and then this happens in my life? Because you don't understand that Jesus came to set us truly free. And we see in Scripture, I love it, he does this for us. He walked into the slave market. He entered the slave market. He came onto the scene, into the place where all the bondages were happening and everything that went wrong. And the Bible says that he did this in our life. He redeemed us. Come on. He purchased us and paid for and provided our freedom. Hebrews 9.12 says, Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered into the most holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. It's what he does. He has redeemed us. He came and redeemed us from the curse of sin. He redeemed us from the curse of law. He redeemed us from the bondage. He redeemed us from the stronghold. And I love what Jesus does. He comes in and he paid the highest price because this is what they were do. They would get beat, and Jesus said, give me the beating. They were in chains, and he said, wrap me up in that sin. 
And he literally took the chains off of you and he placed them upon himself. And when he got on the cross for us, he took every sin, every shame, every bondage, every stronghold, every guilty thing, every lustful thing, every struggle, every, every pride, every stronghold. He took it to the cross for us and he redeemed us and he purchased us. And I love what Jesus does. I love what he does. He buys us back, not so we can just be a slave to him. He tells us in Scripture this. He said, Galatians 4, 7. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then heirs of God through Christ. Come on, man. This is the power of the word. He doesn't just bring you back and still keep you in bondage. He sets you free and he does this. He makes you a son makes you an heir. And the same things that Jesus has, all the freedoms that he has, everything that's in heaven, everything that God has, everything. You're talking about legacy. He passed down to you. He gave to you your freedom and everything that you need. It's what Jesus does, and I love him. I'm so thankful for that today and what he did. And today, if you've never been set free from the bondage of sin in your life, you know what Jesus wants to do? Set you free. Set you free. Well, well Pastor, I, I got this thing, and this has been going on, but I haven't told anybody about it. Listen, you know what you need to do today? Give that to Christ. Recognize it for what it is. Choose the blessing of God for your life. Let him be the one today who breaks the chain, breaks the strongest. It's what Jesus does. It's just the power of the gospel. And today, if Jesus, I'm telling you, he'll free you from everything. And if he can free you up from an eternal bondage of separation by sin, you think he can't handle your addiction? Seriously, we, we place faith in that. We place faith that we're going to spend eternity in heaven, but we think he can't handle our family. Seriously, I mean, do you hear that? I mean, we, we think he's going, to, he's going to do that. We got faith to believe that he's going to put us in heaven forever, and we think he can't handle our finances. Whatever the situation today, whatever the stronghold, you surrender it to him. Recognize it for what it is. Choose the blessing of God in your life. I'm telling you, there's freedom and there's power in the name of Jesus. He says this in John 8, 36. He said, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen. 